re-grade request where two college professors take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name is Professor Will McBurney. See, I said the first <laughs> name this time. I, I stopped myself and I'm like, I need to say the first name. And my name is Professor Mark Sheriff. Well done, Will. You got it. Well, you're back, technically, you're I ba- said you're my, back in the saddle. Technically, I said my middle name, but oh, we'll let God. that go. Uh, oh, okay. All right. All right. I have reintroduced something to the house that I did not know I would ever do. I went into the office mm-hmm. because I'm teaching video game design. Right. And I went to the cabinet where I keep all of the extra video game stuff that I have. Well, let's say if let's say a portion of the extra video game stuff that I have, because that's kind of a large collection. Yeah. And I was going to teach a lesson on interesting controllers. I was thinking to myself, surely, surely I have an extra rock band guitar hero guitar that I can show these kids because we're now at a point where these kids might have not played them back in the Xbox 360 ish era. Mm. I said, maybe I have one. I open up the cabinet and nine fell out. Yeah. I had nine guitars. <laughs> so I, I brought one home because I just wanted to, does this work anymore? And lo and behold, I set it up to play on my computer. And now Sammy's like, I want to watch you do the guitar thing. Like, I don't know if this was a good idea, but I- I'm strangely enjoying going back and playing with the plastic guitar and pretending to be a rock star. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were fun games. They just oversaturated the market with them. That is very true. They and, really, th- you know, with all the licensing fees and everything, it made the games not profitable. So, mm-hmm. but it's funny to see what she really wanted me to play. She's like, I want to, I want to hear that song that, that we listened to in the car. And I was like, which song that we hear in the car? Turns out it was the killers while, uh, when you were young. Oh, that's a good I was song. Like, I was like, all right, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was like, well, how, how about some of these that's, other ones? That's in guitar hero three, by the way. I do know that one. I think it's in rock band three. Oh. Oh, yeah, it would. Yeah, Rock Band came around at the same time. I, I wish I had Rock Band because the drums looked fun. I, mean, I, I was in percussion in high school. So. Uh, so so those fell out of the closet, too, if you would like to. Uh, oh, to, to take those off and see if those work. Uh, I, I might I, be willing to take them off your hands. I, I just have all sorts of just random stuff that fell out. I have these extra Game Boy advances that I'm going to try and take apart and refurbish. And nice. I don't know when I'm going to do this. I don't have time to do this, but. Um, you know, now that now that our podcast is a year old and obviously the sponsors are rolling in, I think <laughs> I can quit our uh, my 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 job. I don't have to teach anymore and just focus full time on uh, podcasting. That sound, sounds nice. That sound I'm, nice. Yeah. Not do, I, do you, I enjoy teaching, so it wouldn't sound nice for me, but I can tell you hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> joking, obviously. Well, uh, since, um, uh, yeah, okay. Well, since we're moving into, uh, our future field of podcasting, with you do some teaching on the side, do you have a question that you would like to bring, uh, today? Well, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, uh, whenever you have corrections that you should just get them out of the way. Well, it's not so much. It was, okay. It is a correction. It is a correction. it's It's not necessarily getting out of the way. It's also. A, a letter from a listener, yeah. and that is so wonderful to have uh, notes coming in. This came in from Jenny. Thank you so much for listening, Jenny. Um, the, 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 
<laughs> the stinger of the email was very clever strategy of yours. Conclude something so totally frustratingly wrong that someone actually decides to email you about it. <laughs> and Indeed. All I can think, all I can think about was this is the first time that we've been frustratingly wrong. I feel like I've. <laughs> I mean, that, that's been... a success story if true. There you go. Well, well, what were we what were we wrong about this time? And I do say this time because we've been wrong before. But I've I've never been wrong in my life except this time. Um, mm. apparently, so we had a question about why grapes are like common gifts for people in the hospital or okay, something like that. Fair, in all fairness, it wasn't a question to us. It was one that I randomly pulled from right, no correct. stupid questions yes. because I thought it was funny. Honestly, yeah. And um, the uh, the the gist of it was, we said like maybe you mean a fruit basket, and yeah, fruit baskets are nice. Sorry, Mike. If you hear a bunch of rattling, my cats are playing tag, uh, as they are wont to do whenever I'm trying to record anything. Um, apparently in England. Grapes are actually the specific gift that people recommend. Yeah. So it she is like, it's a legit thing. Yeah. Which, in fairness, we're Americans, so we don't believe in the rest of the world. So, <laughs> well, I, and she was kind enough to send us some sources. This quote from The Guardian Grapes are still deemed appropriate and boxes of chocolates welcome, but hospitals ban gifts of flowers because of fears that they pose a health risk. Not the grapes, not the chocolate, but the flowers. That's the problem. Another quote from basketsgalore.co.uk, which I should click on right now. What is that? Is that like their equivalent of, yeah, gift basket, yeah, kind of edible arrangement sort of maneuver. When you think of a get well gift, I think most people tend to think of grapes is how the line opens. So, I mean, yeah, it's just a, this is the thing. All right. Anyway. So so Thank we you. learned something. Yeah. We did learn something. But I learned a couple things. One thing, um, maybe I should look up some of the answers to the no stupid questions that I choose before we move into it. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, but in, you in know fairness, we that one was sort of off the cuff, and that was kind of like a, uh, I didn't really come prepared because I thought we had like a whole thing and I could just show up and be my usual charming self. Well, well, the uh, well, you you were of course your usual charming self. But the other thing we learned is that we have some wonderful listeners. Thank you so much, Jenny, for sending that in and setting us straight. For the other things that we have gotten wrong, uh I don't think there's a statute of limitations on this. You're welcome to send in. Yeah, just uh, just uh, just write it on a piece of paper and then uh, throw it into the garbage can. We'll get it. No, yeah, no, no, no. Send no, us an email. No, no, no. And the, the emails are coming. And for some reason, you didn't get the email. I gotta go fix the email. For the system, yeah, it might but. be my account set up. I'll have to Maybe. let me do it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, have you noticed that my voice sounds even better than before? Because. Yes, now, I have noticed. This is me being sincere. Yes, because my voice is now finally traveling over fiber optic internet the entire way. Yes, it's been connected. The saga that started a year ago when we started the podcast with them digging the trenches in my neighborhood. I finally now have a fiber optic modem bolted to my wall just down beside me. And I am very, very happy. And I know you are still suffering yeah, from um, the real quick. 
uh, people listening to the podcast, can you tell Sheriff that I'm not talking to him anymore because I'm very <laughs> jealous about his fiber optic internet? Just go ahead and well, let him know. Okay, but you know, it you have been suffering through homeowner uh homeowner association hell apparently with dealing with trying to get the same fiber in well, your own yeah i mean part of it was they did the vote uh a week after like or the week after we lost power for half a week so back when i lost power for four days in the winter like the vote was like three days later and so i think a lot of people forgot it for that but also a lot of people in our neighborhood just didn't know it was coming and it's a a really weird rule where 75% of the entire neighborhood has to vote yes, not 75% of the people who voted have to vote yes. So it's designed right. to be unreachable. And of course, in, in my neighborhood, it's just by person by person, so that we didn't have any necessary well, vote yeah. or anything. I mean, the hope is that eventually we'd have that option. We were just They were just trying to like expedite it a bit. So. Right. Well, it's really cool. Because um, I, I, I went and obviously started looking up stuff about fiber optics, and I actually didn't know that fiber optics have been in the ground in, in the country for over 40 years, as a yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. Um, fiber optic technology is actually not nearly as new as many people might think it is. The, the trick is what's called the last mile, mm-hmm. which is getting from the major backbones of fiber optic cable actually to the homes themselves and so these companies like like ting here in charlottesville which has been fantastic i've never had a company send me a email said i just want to check to make sure your service is working okay as a matter of fact is it okay if we send you a gift basket i'm like yeah you can send me a gift basket that sounds lovely and they're like, oh by the way your first month is free i was like i love you um, How soon can I get rid of Comcast? We're we're gonna talk about sharing here in a bit, so I assume you're sharing <laughs> the check that they sent you. No, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I you can you can you can sip from the Ting mug. I think I'm getting at some point, but um, the last the last mile or for me the last you know fifty feet or so from the house, they had come by and dug the trench from the connecting point at the road, um, and laid the the conduit up to the house. And uh, what was really what was really nice is that the guy who showed up said, uh, oh, where do you want the, the box to go? And I was like, well, I'd really like it to be upstairs because that's where my office is. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll do that. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And so I got it exactly where I want it to be. But then for about four days, there was just a pipe sticking out of the ground with about a two foot gap between the pipe and the fiber box. And I'm just sitting there hoping that the fiber can just fiber optic packets can just jump that little <laughs> bit left so I can get Internet. And I looked up how they lay fiber optic cable, and it's a technique called blowing. I've always, I always try to picture how in the world do you get cable from one end to another down miles and miles and miles. Mm -hmm. And and turns out what they do, and I'm going to get this somewhat wrong, so so I'm going to go. You can go, you know, tell tell me what I got wrong. But I I was very interested in this, so so I looked it up, and they uh, wrap the end of the cable in kind of a dart almost sort of thing mm-hmm. put it in the in the conduit and then use pressurized air and right. blow it and that's so cool mm-hmm. and so i was like i gotta be home i want to see this so bad and we get home and uh wednesday of last week and they just finished 
And I was telling the guy, oh, I just, I really wanted to see you blow it and all that sort of stuff. And he just kind of looked at me and said, uh, yeah, I just reached down with a string and just pulled it through. Uh, <laughs> yours wasn't that long. I didn't need to use yeah. that. Yeah. Were you really hoping? I was like, I just, I was just hoping for the, the white glove at gold. So I don't care. I now have, you know, 400, no, 948 megabit down and 910 megabit up. So mm. it's, it's fine. It's fine. But the saga is complete. Finally, fiber optic internet has made it after I pre-ordered this service nine years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe in nine years I'll have good internet. Um, you'll if probably you'll not. get it eventually. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> anyway, not not trying to keep not trying to rub it in or anything. I just, I, I felt that I need to at least close the loop with the listeners. You know, the dedicated listeners who've been listening this entire year and wondering, just wondering about the saga of the fiber optic internet. So right. there you go. Well, I want to spend a minute and talk about sharing. Sharing is caring after all. So let's, let's, let me, are hope we now, Dan- are we now Daniel Tiger podcast? Uh, Give me one sec. I'm hoping that this will do what I want it to do. It oh, will. Okay. He's sharing a screen with me, folks. Which this I is know exciting. won't be great for an audio medium, but uh, I'm sharing it so that way at least Sheriff can be on the same page when we're talking. I, so here, hang, hang on. I, I'm, I'm going to do like a golf like voice. So Will has now shared a Google spreadsheet. No, uh, it's an Excel spreadsheet. It is Excel. And it's very exciting. There's data in it from from A1 through D eight. So not enough data to really be shocking, but enough that I'm looking forward to the point he's about to make. All right. So let's imagine that, uh, for the final exams, I were to get say three TAs to help me grade it. Um, we'll say that their names are Alice, Bob, and Carol ABC just for simplicity. Sounds good. And, Let's say to reward them for coming in, I decide that I'm going to give them cookies and I'm going to give them cookies based on how much they work. In addition to paying them hourly, I'm not paying them in cookies, but it's like, hey, if you grade more exams, you know, you spend more time grading, you get more cookies, right? You know, we probably actually could pay some of our TAs in cookies and they would prefer that. I mean, we pay some of them. They're the there's just an extra step in translating their payment into cookies. Mm, that's like fair. one extra step. It's not it's not very lossy. Um <laughs> anyway. So if, for example, uh, and I'm just going to quickly say, like, let's say that I had a dozen cookies, and I have Alice A worked for five hours to grade exams. Bob mm-hmm. worked four hours, and Carol worked three, so five, four, and three, ABC. Well, Total, they work 12 hours. So that works out nicely. For every that hour they work, nice. they get a cookie, cookie, right? Alice worked five yeah. hours, gets five cookies. But what if I only bought eight cookies? Then you're a monster. Well, it was just what the package was. It was eight. Now, okay. I can't give one cookie for one hour of work. You have to work an hour and a half. But we have a problem because only Carol, C, three, worked for a number divisible by that dividend. Okay. That yeah. device. Okay. I see that. Yeah. So, so Carol worked three hours. She gets two cookies. That's easy. Alice worked five. 
So that would be three and a third cookies. Bob worked four, which is two and two thirds. Now you could say, well, why don't you just break the cookie up? But then you get crumbs everywhere, right? <laughs> so in the sheriff household, when I was little, this was the cinnamon roll problem because mm -hmm. one pack of cinnamon rolls had eight cinnamon buns in it. And there were three children in the sheriff family, myself, my brother, my sister. And what did you do with that last cinnamon roll? And that was, you know, Sunday if mornings. Any, if, if my siblings are any, any indication of this, two of them are going to eat four and I'm going to get locked in a closet. Um, anyway, <laughs> I was the youngest anyway. Um, so how can you do this? Well, what your first instinct probably is, is just, Hey, do the division anyway, and then just round, right? So Alice is three and a third. She gets three cookies. Bob is two and two thirds. He gets three cookies. So three cookies to Alice, three cookies to Bob, two to Carol. That's eight. Nice, even sharing, right? Seems reasonable. Okay. But let's say, let's go back to 12 cookies. So remember, 12 cookies, Alice, Bob, Carol, they have five, four, three. They have the same number of cookies as ours they worked. Yep. What if... I got a baker's dozen because I was just such a good customer. Then you eat one of them. Well, actually, yes, sort of. <laughs> oh, okay. So here, here's the problem. At that point now, since you have 13 cookies for 12 hours worked, you only need to work about 0.92 hours per cookie. Oh. Except if you then do the division, the same thing we did before, Alice earned about 5.4 cookies. Bob, about, four, well, exactly, uh, sorry, uh, Bob earned, uh, hang on, I, this, yeah, this is dividing, right? Bob, at four hours, um, he has, uh, doing that, doing that same division, yeah. Four and a third cookies, yeah, Four and a third, good. yeah. And then Carol has three and a quarter, right? So, they all round down. Alice... At 5.4 would get five cookies. Bob would get, at 4.3, four cookies. Carol, at 3.2, five gets three cookies. We're one cookie short. Who gets that last cookie? Assuming I have to give it to one of these three, how would you determine that? Now, instinct would probably be Alice has the highest fraction above her number, so at 5.4, she's higher than four, you know, the point, the point three, three, three repeating and the point two five. So let's give it to Alice. That might be or your... just or just the bonus for being the person who worked the most or, you know, you can right. make up some sort of arbitrary rule. But this isn't actually about cookies, because the real question was, how are congressional seats determined? Oh, <laughs> and it turns out that there's a lot of interesting things here. So what I described of whenever you whenever you can't round to get the solution, what you do is just say whoever is closest to rounding up, even though they don't round up, give them the extra seat. And that was proposed early on in uh, the, the very early on in the nation's history. In fact, Alexander Hamilton proposed this. This was called the Hamilton method. And. It also turns out that it is the very first thing that George Washington vetoed. The Whoa. very first thing that George Washington vetoed was this process. And so this, this idea of sharing is called apportionment. 
And so, in order to work around this, what what they did instead was um, what was called the uh, the Jefferson method, where they I've would heard of him. they would start with a number where um, everyone had uh, everyone had like there were there were too many seats, so something mm-hmm. like. If there's, you know, if there's too many cookies, it might be something like, uh, instead of 0.92, we might do something like 0.85. And now, if I, 0.85, Sheriff can see it. If I were to allocate cookies on that, I'd have 15 cookies, but I only have 13. So I need to increase that number. So then I might try 0.88, and that's 14. And then I might try 0.9, and now it's 13. And, and Thomas Jefferson would say, that's good enough. That was the Jefferson method, and that's what we use, duh, and, and put a dog here there on the Jefferson method. So the idea of the Jefferson method is you basically keep raising the number until you end up with a good set of, you know, until you end up with a sum that is correct. Okay. So math right at the foundation of the nation's history. Hmm. Adams didn't like this. Hmm. So, Sheriff, you, you can see the spreadsheet. Who got the extra cookie in this case? Alice did. Alice, Alice did. did, exactly. It turns out that this Jefferson method favors larger states. Hmm. And so Adams suggested the opposite. Start with a number that's too big and keep decreasing it until you get to the, the correct sum. Um, and his approach ended up because it comes out from the opposite direction. It tends to favor smaller states. Jefferson being from Virginia, this was this was a common thing. The Jefferson plan was get what gave us the House. The Delaware plan is what gave us the Senate, where it's equal representation among states. Right. So, so it it turns out though the Jefferson plan won out. Washington ended up accepting it, and it's what existed for a while. Except it turns out the Jefferson plan can result in some really weird mathematical behavior. And I, I don't have a good example lined up, but there's situations where basically someone can round multiple times. Um, for example, something weird that happens. So um, in one particular election where the Jefferson method was applied, New York should have gotten something like 27 um, seats in Congress because you can't break up a seat. That's the whole point here. So how do you allocate the seats when there are fractions? So rather than them getting 23.7, they got 25. It rounded up twice. Whoa. And it's through an application of this Jefferson method. Hmm. So, and I would, I would argue that I would argue you can break up seats in Congress because there are definitely some broken people there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so you get like 22 actual representatives and you get one or two that are broken. That seems about right. Yeah. Um, so they went back to the Hamilton plan or didn't really go back to it. It had never been in place. The Hamilton plan was then used, except the Hamilton plan has a weird quirk. Uh, and there's a good video that I will make sure we put in the description uh, from the YouTube channel number file. Uh, and it turns out that you could have a situation where um, you apportion the seats of the House of Representatives. 
everyone gets their seats. And if you add one seat and then reapportion, a state could lose a representative. Hmm. Uh, I think he calls it the Alabama paradox. Um, and so he, the example he gave, he, he uses that could be so many things. It could be. Um, but, but the example he gives, it actually happened. Like it would actually happen where if you increased the number of seats, a state would lose a representative. This would actually happen with the current Congress. If the current Congress were 437, Delaware, which currently has, um, at least based on the, the, the 2020 census data, I believe Delaware would lose a seat. Uh, hmm. So Delaware has, has two seats right now, even though they have a smaller population than Montana that only has one, but that's just because the populations have changed, so they'll both have two by the, by the next Congress. Um, but I think Delaware would actually lose that seat if, if we had 437 seats. Using the, the, the um, current, or not the current method, using the Hamilton method. So the current hmm. method was adopted in the 1840s, and it involves a square root. Um, I hate those. The way the current allocation works is that every state is given exactly one representative. And then starting with that one representative, they basically allocate the next um, 400 and, or sorry, 385, because we've already, uh, out of 435, we've allocated 50. The 385 are allocated one at a time. And they're allocated one at a time in such a way that, um, and let me, let me stop my uh, screen share for a second because I need to pull up Eclipse. That's right. I wrote this in code today. Oh, my um, goodness. Such a level of preparation. I love it. Well, it I, turns out I decided I'm using this as a, as a homework assignment because oh, okay. there are some interesting design mechanics I can do. So right out of the gate, California gets the is the first state to two representatives because they're the largest. Then Texas gets one, but then California gets the third because what you're basically trying to do is keep the average um, variance between all of the states uh, in terms of population per representative. You're trying mm -hmm. to keep that as small as you can, the percentage difference specifically. Hmm. And okay. so you all allocate right. them one at a time. So it's almost like sort of a, 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 a well it's an interesting algorithm but you know they came up with this in the 1840s but it's not exactly based on just population per representative because it technically like each next representative counts for less so they divide the population by so let's say let's say California already had 10 representatives you would divide by the geometric mean of 10 and 11 which is the square root of 10 times 11. Why? Uh, it turns out it, it, it works to, to maximize this uh, percent, or to minimize, excuse me, this percentage variance. Hmm. And so, that's where we go. Now, we've, it's interesting because this number 435 is completely arbitrary. Doesn't yeah, show up in the Constitution yeah. whatsoever. It was just decided in the 1910s, like, eh, 433 is enough. And then, like, okay, I guess we're adding Arizona, New Mexico. They get one, too. The only time since then it's not been 435 is when uh, Alaska and Hawaii were added. They got one representative each, so it was 437 until the next census, when it went back down to 435. 
Um, but this is the problem you deal with. And it turns out that this has pretty significant consequences. For example, in the year 2000, Bush eked out a win over Al Gore in the Electoral College. However, if states were apportioned, if, if representation was apportioned using the Jefferson method and the 1990 census, instead of the Hill method, which is the current method, Al Gore would have won by two electoral votes. He would have won 271 to 269. Ooh. So, it turns out to be a consequence. To be clear, the Jefferson method's really bad. This is not an argument for the Jefferson method. Uh, it, it, it results in, in, on average, more unfairness than the Hamilton method, although the Hamilton method gets some weird stuff, too. Um, but yeah, so that that, it turns out, is how you uh, share correctly. So we'll, I'll make sure that we put the number file video in the description. Highly recommended. Very cool. He has all the math that I kind of talked about at a high level to try to keep the numbers as simple as we can for audio format. He actually has good visual demonstrations. Yeah, definitely send that, that link along so I can get that in the, in the show notes. That's fascinating. I am. Yeah. Um, to think that the 2000 election was determined in an Excel spreadsheet to some degree. To some degree, yeah. But but it, it's just an interesting question of how do you share discrete things that can't be fractionally apportioned? Hmm. It's it's a real question. By the way, uh, the U.S. in terms of numbers is way behind the rest of the the countries. You'd say the countries that are like us in terms of we're like some like s- over 750,000 people per representative. In England, House of Commons, it's something like 110,000. So, yeah, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to make an argument for us to have 3000 representatives, because I think that would oh. be reasonable. I think that 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 voting method sounds fantastic to ever hmm. deal with. Hey, let's stick with government things, unfortunately, because the next story that I wanted to talk about has to deal with. The Supreme Court and HB 20 out of Texas. Are you familiar with the HB 20? I am. So it relates to what we've talked about before with Section 230. It does. So I did do some uh, prep for this. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if we necessarily go. Well, I mean, I guess we can touch on the 230 stuff again. I think what. So for those that, that don't know, uh, HB 20 out of Texas is similar to another law that that came out of Florida, where the basic idea is. It's a reactionary law about uh, moderation on social media platforms. And the basic idea was, I guess the knee-jerk reaction here is, Twitter is taking down all the conservative posts. Oh my gosh, we have to stop them, which I don't think is actually happening. Um, It's much more around the idea that, you know, they need to be able to moderate their content to remove things like, oh, I don't know videos of people dying, you know, those sorts of things they, that they need to have the ability to do moderation on. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting provision in the Texas law specifically that says that um, a company is not allowed to then also exclude people from Texas from joining the platform, because that would be an interesting way of just handling this problem is just say, OK, Texas says we we have we can't do any moderation, so we just pull any Texans in. Um, mm. don't know how that's enforceable. Well, I mean, that's, all. that's the Activision solution with, with loot box legislation. They're just, they oh, just aren't going to be Diablo immortals, just not going to be available in the Netherlands. Um, that, yeah, but that's then true. Texas is like, no, no, you can't do that. Which it, I mean, on its face, it would just not be 
Well, there's a, I mean, so there's a couple interesting things that, that, that came out. Uh, originally the law was blocked in mm-hmm. Texas and in Florida, the, the similar version. It was unblocked by a panel in Texas that effectively said that, um, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook are not websites. They are common carriers. Mm-hmm. They are the equivalent of the phone company. Right. And that's an interesting discussion to have. And then it gets to the Supreme court and this was the breakdown on the vote. It was a five, four vote. And you think, okay, yeah, I can kind of picture where this is going to go. No, you really can't because yeah. on one side of the vote was Roberts, Breyer, Sotomayor, Barrett, and Kavanaugh. And on the other side was Alito, Thomas, yep. Gorsuch, and Kagan. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So this is where you, this, I mean, this, this kind of runs against it. In, in some ways, I guess the, the, the free speech debate, and I don't, I don't explicitly mean the first amendment, um, for con. So this does necessarily go back to two thirty, and I'm not going to give the whole story on it again, but the short version is in the early days of the internet, one company did no moderation whatsoever. Someone sued them for defamation. The, per, uh, the company won the case because it's not their responsibility to do moderation. Another company tried to do some moderation, got sued for defamation, and they lost the case. Because, well, if you're doing moderation, you're responsible for everything on the platform. Section 230 said you can moderate the platform. Um, it, technically, it doesn't say platform because it, it, it avoids that terminology. It, it, it allows a company to do moderation without being necessarily responsible for every single word on their website provided that they don't have a reasonable way of knowing it's there. Um, that, that's sort of the argument. 230 has n- nothing to do with neutrality. There's nothing that says a website has to maintain neutrality. Nothing at all. Right. Um, and and that's, that's a very important point to make. So the argument isn't that... Um, the argument that the Texas law is trying to make is that not a neutrality argument, because that just obviously wouldn't go anywhere, but trying to paint Facebook as though it were exactly the same as phone lines or internet or internet cables, not the not the websites themselves, uh, which I, I so, think is just nonsense. But so let, let, I want to do a thought experiment and go down the path just just for a moment, just to kind of see where it's going, because it certainly seems like this is the argument we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if it's going to be Facebook, we'll, we'll just, we'll just pick Facebook. The, the, the argument as I understand it, or at least as I can rationalize it is that everyone big, big air quotes here. Everyone has access to Facebook. Everyone uses Facebook to communicate with people much in the way that, um, you like a that AT&T versus Verizon versus other long distance companies all provide a service over the phone lines. Mm-hmm. So ATT and Verizon don't discriminate against people who are using discriminate again. I'm using very big terms here. Mm-hmm. Um, don't discriminate against the people who use their services and the phone lines are there partially because of the government. There is some some internet you know backbone lines that were helped by the government um a lot of it was dropped by google uh, and and also verizon and at&t mm-hmm. um but then these then companies 
should be treated the same as AT&T or Verizon because they are the ones that are providing the service that allows people to make contact with each other. Right. I can see how non-technical people can certainly go down that path and draw those parallels. But in in reality, the way I look at it is more, it's not, it's not like they are the telephone company or something like that. It's the equivalent of Facebook is the is the posting board in the middle of the public library. Right. It's there's a board there where you can post a message and you're not going to let people post pornography or whatever, you know, on the posting board in the library. It has to be moderated because it is a public forum mm-hmm. that there are just rules and decency that need to be followed. I, I would um, clarify it is a forum visible to the public and Facebook has an incentive to to moderate it to that extent, as opposed to calling it explicitly a public forum, because in my view, there's a difference between the two. But I think okay. your point. Uh, sure, I take sure, your point. Sure. I take your point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you for the note. Obviously, just yeah. well, that's good. That's good. Um, and then also, there's just the argument that the the, the first amendment argument that the government cannot, cons- you know, restricts mm. what a private company is doing on the software that they have built. Mm. Um, so. It, it, yeah, ironically, it, the First Amendment going in the opposite direction of what they're trying to argue for in that respect. Yeah, exactly. Because you, um, you can't, it got, the government can't tell someone, you have to host this content on your private server. Exactly. So, yeah. it, I, you know, as, as time marches forward, mm-hmm. uh, I hope more and more computer science students get their CS degree and then go into law mm-hmm. because things like computing law and IP law, um, we need more people doing that. There was, yep. um, I was an expert witness on a case. And that sounds extremely broad, uh, exciting. That was an expert witness. No, I, I read a brief and I signed on to it, mm-hmm. um, where a company had fully duplicated, um, certain algorithms that another had done, um, mm-hmm. for some, you know, some data science software. And there was, there were copyright issues there mm-hmm. and it was trying to explain that, no, it, it, while it's possible to come up with different ways to do this, it, it's like you and I would be looking at cheating code. It's like, there's no way like th- right. this, this there's was no a way copy. It's an accident. Right. Yeah. And, and there needs to be able to be people who can comment on things mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, when you're out there and you see news on HB 20 and you, and the, and what's going on here, Hopefully that gives you a little bit more information. Um, there are some, you know, um, groups like NetChoice and mm-hmm. and and the 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 um, ACLU. It was actually a pretty interesting group of people that are on um, the side trying to 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 get the law uh, struck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Cato Institute, Tech mm-hmm. Freedom, the Anti Defamation League, ACLU, and Wikimedia. Yeah. Which is a really interesting combination yeah, of groups. Go 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 and find all the places where the Cato Institute is is getting along with, um, with with all the other groups there at the same time. Yeah. It's not very yeah. common, but it, I it, it's one. I think it's honestly one of those things that if you have the technical knowledge, then, hey, it makes sense. But I I you know it, it's sort of the the problem of everyone has that cognitive bias of, of what they know and understand. They think everyone else must know and understand. Yeah. Which is sort yeah. of the root of imposter syndrome. Um, but you know, that's not the case. And I worry a lot about the current, um, level of technical ignorance in, in 
legislative and judicial bodies. I was going to say the world. <laughs> I mean, or just in general yes, leadership. Also, yes, but especially in terms of legislative and uh, and judicial bodies. Yep. Do we have happier things? I have some some no stupid questions that are happier. Well, but do you, you have I, another I have major one. story? So, uh, well, so this is. I had an idea for a segment because I saw a lot of questions when I was going through no stupid questions. And I thought, is this question personally attacking me? And oh, so I, we need you, like a theme song for this, but you have a new da 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 Is this question personally attacking me? I need to come up with a snappier name. But anyway, I am excited. I am sitting up in my right. chair. I am ready. Ready? Does yes. anyone oh, please? Does anyone else stay awake at night because they feel if they go to sleep, they lose out on their free time? <laughs> Am I being personally attacked by this question? Yes. Is, is, did so, yes. Did, is someone like just watching what I do and they're like, oh, hey, let's uh, let's just ask this question. So, so okay, McCurney feels bad. FOMO, fear of missing out is such a thing, particularly with me I, I, and... Oh yeah, yeah that that one that one speaks to my soul. Mm. Yeah, I mean, part of it is too that I I start doing something and I'm like, I start to feel tired. I start to feel like I'm falling asleep. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do this one more thing and then I'll go to sleep. And then it's like four hours later. It's five a.m. and I'm noticing the sun starting to like shine over the horizon. And I'm like, yep, today's gonna not be fun. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be grumpy. I've got one for your segment. Go ahead. It was going to be one of the one of the questions anyway. This is from the professor subreddit. Have you ever wanted to email students the way that they email you? Like for instance, yeah. bro, you need to chill. I'm grading as fast as I can. SMH. <laughs> Hey, dude, look, I'm not changing your grade, LaMeo. Nice try, though. Hey, hey, can you all turn in your homework? I just thought I would ask. There's there's no harm <laughs> in asking. I know I said that I'd get the grades posted by midnight, but I just can't right now. I'm super stressed, and it's causing my undiagnosed health issues to get really bad. Can I get an extension? 20 minutes later. Hey, I emailed earlier about getting an extension on posting grades. Did you see that email? Let me know ASAP. I'm kind of freaking out. 25 minutes later, I really need to know about that extension because I need to get good evals in this class. 30 minutes later, I've CC'd the dean and the president and the provost. I have emailed you several times yep. about getting extension about when I'm posting grades. Yep. <laughs> or I just randomly send a question of, hey, did you do anything important on the homework? Oh, yeah. The, the, another one of the suggestions is, sorry, I couldn't make it to my office hours. Did I miss anything? <laughs> did I miss anything important? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I will say that the two questions that do actually frustrate me are, did, we, did I miss anything today in class? And that's especially true because I record lectures and post everything. Um, and, and the answer, by the way, is yes, because if it wasn't important, it wouldn't take up an entire lecture. Um, so yeah, that's so, okay. I'm te so I'm teaching summer school mm -hmm. and I have 22 Students in my video game design class, which is weird. I like kind of know some of their names, but not all of them, but some of them, which mm. is still something for me. And they're actually interested in the material I'm talking about and paying attention. This is so weird because 
No one really is interested in hearing about my excited thoughts about agile versus plan driven development. Yeah. But there's they're super into me talking about why Super Mario Brothers 2 is a really interesting example of tutorial level design mm. uh, or actually a bad example of tutorial level design. But we meet for like three hours a day. And so sometimes if a student has to leave early, he mm-hmm. says, did I miss anything interesting or important? And I have to say, actually, no, because I was kind of tired of talking for that last hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you get to the end of talking for two hours. You say, you know what? I think this is a good opportunity for you to have some team team project time. So y'all just go do that. <laughs> and I'm going to find my lunch somewhere. I don't know. So I I got the the teaching evaluations for 34 and I had the classic, why did you teach this? This wasn't something I was interested in. Therefore, it's not important. The in in our in our software engineering class, we have them do a project with Python and Django. And I actually did add a lecture where I went over the basics of Python and Django this term. I added it in. How dare you? And um. I told you it was a bad idea. I had a lot of students who who submitted reviews that suggested they were not aware of that, or uh, they felt the entire class should have been that. And one of them in particular cited something to the effect of, like, you know, why why do we need to spend this time talking about maintenance at the end of the class? You know, that does like uh, when we didn't have a quiz on it. That that should that's time that could have been spent like going over Django and stuff. And it's just like. But you actually do need to know that stuff. I just didn't do a quiz on it because I didn't want to burden you like right before the the final project was due. I it's, I don't know. That's I was that's having this rant. conversation. I was having this conversation with our colleagues uh, earlier today, actually, and uh, they told me that they got um, the comment. Um, My dad's a software engineer, and he said we don't need to know this. It's like oh, fair enough. <laughs> to which. To which our colleague said, no, as a computer scientist, you kind of need to know how trees work <laughs> when you're programming. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. One more stupid, no stupid question for us to, to wrap it up. And it, thankfully, it's not. Wait, did you it's say not it's one a that, stupid, no stupid question? I don't think it's a stupid one. I think okay. it's, I, no. I, right, I I think it's actually pretty Go good. Ahead. There's no actual answer to it. It's just kind of more of an opinion thing. What is... A really ominous way to say goodbye to someone. I'll be seeing you later tonight. <laughs> okay, so so folks, I've got my nice big headphone cans on, and so McBurney was right in my ear. That one, maybe it was for you, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking something like, be safe out there. <laughs> Run fast. <laughs> Have a good life. For as long as that lasts you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very good at at at, at going at uh at going to a dark place because I live there. No. Um <laughs> It was nice to have met you this once. That one yeah. wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> How I, about watch for falling goats? Watch for falling goats, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty ominous. That's pretty ominous. Um, how are we gonna? Uh, how are we gonna uh, apportion how many goats to drop on each on each person? I, I don't know. We'll have to figure Should that we use out. A, Thank you. A Hamiltonian method or a Hill method? <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us 
for our first episode into the new podcast year, so to speak. Um, we really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate if you share the show with others to get those numbers higher. I don't know. It We're having fun, so whatever, it doesn't matter. But you can always go to regraderequest.com to find the links to all the podcatchers of your choice. You can leave a message there. Or you can be like Jenny and send us an email and correct us on the things that we've gotten wrong. Because, boy, howdy, I'm sure if you will go back through some of the episodes, you'll find some pretty good examples of all that. But you know what? Um, I like to think that uh, we at least have some really good uh, answers for how to have an ominous goodbye. So that's, that's a good one, too. So for myself and for Professor Will McBurney, take care, be safe, and watch for falling goats. They're coming for you. If Al Gore just had one fewer goat dropped on him in 2000, he would have won the election. 